Hey, welcome to the Raleigh Market and Stamp. And today I want to know what does Bobby Brown, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, and even Mary J. Blige all have in common? Today I have on the line, I'm gonna let, I want you to say your own name. Who am I on the line with today? Well, I hope to some people I'm their favorite around the way girl or their Rap City girl or that chick from Living Single. <laughs> it's me, Leslie, Big Les, Cigar. What's up, everybody? <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you for joining me today. Um, I just feel like, you know, you are truly um, an icon of, of the 90s, of, of the different era that we've come through. Now, like, I feel as if you should have the same respect that we've given Michael Jordan um, and, and Oprah Winfrey because these were, like, big deal names in the 90s, whereas, like, Oprah went from being a TV personality to now being a Hollywood executive and whereas Michael Jordan went from being an athlete to being, you know, like a brand icon and a serial entrepreneur of our day, uh, or well, present day. So I'm thinking of, like, how these people have been given the respect by the youth of today. And I just feel like Leslie should have that same kind of respect. When you think of Oprah, you think of Leslie, you think of Michael Jordan, you should – you know, think of Leslie or, you know, when we think of Michael Jackson, it's hard to have those conversations without including you. Um, and that, that's just how I feel um, because you were there all this time. You've always been around in the era, in the culture. And, um, I mean, how, how do you feel about that? <laughs> First of all, you're going to make me cry. Um, that is the biggest compliment ever, and I'm so appreciative. Thank you so much. I think for, you know, I'm a, what you consider a ghetto superstar. You know, I, I don't think I have reached yet the mainstream status, even though everybody has seen my work and some people just, like, don't know it until you tell them or until you point it out. And You know, it's kind of like when someone blows up in film and they've been an actor since they were five, and you've seen all their commercials throughout, but that one film is the thing that puts them over the edge, I think it's the same thing with me. I've been around a long time, and until I do something where, you know, it says, yeah, she's made millions of dollars, or this TV show has done X, Y, and Z, or, you know, that people realize, oh, but she's been around a long time. She did, she's not an overnight success. Um, so, sure, if I had made millions like Oprah and, and, and Michael, I think, you know, in, in a major media kind of way, sure, everybody would know who I am because, you know, <laughs> Ryan Seacrest came after me or Carson Daly and all these other stuff, and because I haven't had those deals yet, um, I haven't had that notoriety. And I keep saying yet because that's the mission I'm on. I don't want to be just the chick who's holding the microphone, you know, sure, going to all these parties and stuff. I need to be able to own this stuff. I need to be having production deals, you know. I need to be getting other stuff on the network. So I still have work to do, and everything else is, you know, it's God's time. I, I don't remember most of my career until people remind me because when you're in it, you're so busy looking for the next job or the next big thing and then you're still trying to be in survival mode because you've got to keep the lights on. 
Uh, and it's not <laughs> yeah. until I talk to someone like you to be like, oh, yeah, I did work with them or that person. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, now, it's 7.7 billion people in the world, 325 million people in America. It's hard to remember everybody doing something amazing, of course. You know, right. um, and, and yet I just feel like, you know, with as iconic as you are, just like I just think of you as being at like a staple, just like the Statue of Liberty is in in you know New York, oh you know, <laughs> like like it's oh it's this 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 person who has just always been, and you know, and I, I'll say this to you, Leslie, like I don't feel like fame is the only thing that defines awesomeness. You know, like if we, you, you, you're great, we do great things, and it's not based on whether or not everybody knows about it, you know? Um, right. So, so definitely, I hope that doesn't discourage you that it's not the notoriety that makes a person, you know? Um, no, absolutely yeah. it doesn't. I mean, you're great for my ego, and I really appreciate it. And sure, when I look at things like, you know, Black Girls Rock or – you know, even Soul Train just recently did a whole 90s tribute, and none of the dancers, myself included, were even, you know, a thought. And I'm going, who's mm. in these rooms? Who's having these meetings? I saw the Soul Train Awards, and I was so disgusted by the fact that you didn't even have the whole audience dressed like the 90s. You didn't give tribute mm. to Carl Kanai, to Mechaware, Walkerware, uh, uh, Cross Colors. You didn't show films you know, dead presidents, Venice to Society, like you didn't give all these sections of what made the 90s, and every presenter should have been from the 90s era. I should have been hosting mm. the red carpet. Somebody from the 90s should have been hosting the red carpet or presenting. Like, I get it, and I'm happy for Tisha and Tashina. They did an amazing job, but it's like, if you're going to make it 90s, then do every nuance of it 90s, you know? And I just, it's not about being bitter, but it's just like, yeah, I'm a little disgusted. If you're going to honor, then honor everything and every bit about it. I, you can do yeah. it in a two-hour show. You can find a way. Definitely, definitely. Now, now, like, so when you mentioned Tashina, and, and, you know, I think of, like, of course, Martin Lawrence. Now, that's when I first got exposed to you was years ago when <laughs> Martin had brought you on stage at um, Deaf Comedy Jam. You know, and he was like, you know, he made his joke or whatever with you. But that, that's the first time I saw your face, you know, and, and learned of who you were. But it wasn't the last time, you know, we would see you. And you just kept going. Like, I know you've been on your grind. So, like, so I mean, actually, this looks early. I talked about how, like, Oprah, you know, went from, like, the TV personality to the, you know, Hollywood executive. Jordan, you know, goes from one thing to the next. Like, how have you transitioned from the 90s? Wow. Um, well, it's been really interesting because my journey period is I started off, after I got out of college, I started off as obviously a dancer, uh, a dancer who became a choreographer, who all of a sudden then became a radio personality, um, a radio personality who uh, became a producer um, of radio. And it has just been crazy that this has been my journey. And that's what really I've been doing is I've become this full-blown journalist where I'm writing for other mediums, I'm uh, producing segments, I'm shooting, so I'm almost like wearing a producer-director hat now and doing some more behind-the-scenes stuff, um, you know, uh, creative directing in regard to whatever I'm choreographing. 
um, and I just didn't see it on that big scale. I just wanted to dance, you know. I just wanted to five, six, seven, eight, dance, sweat, and do music videos. That's how it started, and then all the other blessings came with it. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, like, I know you just had a birthday. Do you want to share how old you are now? <laughs> I'm actually very proud of my age. Thank God I don't look it. Um, I'm the big five one, you know, and uh, I'm still doing backflips. So, you know, it's a blessing as well to still be able to do what I'm doing. Um, you know, I had a major setback last year. I had to have some surgery, and I don't talk much about it, and I didn't post it because I'm kind of trying to do a documentary. Um, but because of all my years of gymnastics, everybody doesn't realize I was a true gymnast since the age of 10 on a full gymnastics scholarship. So every day of my life since the age of 10, I've been in the gym, backflipping, competitions on the weekend, all through, you know, high school, junior high school, college, and then I had a whole other dance career, another 15 years, which had me tumbling on hard stages five nights a week, six nights a week, all around the globe. And it kind of wears and tears on your body the way football does for an athlete or um, basketball does for an athlete, whether it's your knees, your hips, your back. And uh, one day I just woke up and was in so much pain and I held on to that pain for about two years until I could not anymore, and I just had to have some surgery. And it was just the miracle of miracles that I feel better and stronger than I ever have before. And so to get back into a gymnastic room and to smell the chalk and to smell the mats and to put my hands on the bars and my feet on the balance beam and be able to flip into a pit where I live and that's where I'm most comfortable was and is, the greatest blessing I could ever ask for, and to be able to do it at this age as if I never skipped a beat is great. I may need a little ibuprofen after, but <laughs> I'm, still hanging, I'm still hanging in there, so it's all good. I hear that. Like, so with all that flipping and, and dancing over there, do you have, like, a favorite choreographical moment that that sticks out more than the others? Oh, wow. Um, I think for me, honestly, because I was with her from the beginning, has to be all of my Mary J. Blige stuff. I mean, I was with a lot of people from the beginning. I was with CeCe Peniston from the beginning, you know, um, a couple of other artists from the very, very beginning of their career. But because Mary and I were so much alike, she's a Bronx girl, I'm a Queens girl, you know, we were both beginning our careers. Puffy put both of us on in the sense where he entrusted me with her as a choreographer, like she was one of my, almost my, one of my first big major choreography projects. I had already been dancing, but, you know, he reached out to me directly. And, you know, she was still living in the projects then, and we were sitting there and just listening to her shit on the radio and wondering when the money was going to roll in and all this other, like it was just a moment for us of just growth and realization of our dreams as well as, you know, I got MTV dominated for Real Love, um, you Remind Me was a big record, and I got to choreograph that. And that just was, I think, a moment in time, but both of us will always hold dear to our hearts. It was the hardest, but it was the best, you know? Hmm. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Now, yeah. um, now, okay, we mentioned Mary J. Blige and the different songs, like You Remind Me and, um, and that, that genre era of music. Now, like, so we've come through, like, a shift, it seems like, with, our, with the music and how it sounds nowadays. Um, do you feel like with 
the new like trap music and the, the new kind of music that's out now, do you feel like your brand is relevant to this era? Well, that's a really good question. Um, like, I love the music. You know, I'm, I, let me not say love. I like the music. I'm not one of those, like, what is this shit? But there's nothing memorable or that makes me so emotional about it, like when I sing it or when I hear a P-Rock and CL Smooth. Like, it, there's nothing about the music today because it's so disposable. It's in and it's out and it's in and it's out and it rotates really fast. I think where my relevance lies is, in two forms, one from the dance and choreography and creative standpoint. But remember, we're not in that video era anymore. You know, people are shooting their own videos. The, bu- the big budgets are gone. There's not all this glamour. Nobody cares about dancers. They just want, a, you know, a big ass and, some, you know, a smile and a cute girl or whatever. And so it's not even about that creative sense of dancing much anymore. Um, and they save it for the live performances, for the award shows or – for the tours because that's how people are making their money. Um, and right. the second part of it is um, my relevance lies in, I guess, in radio. And there are no shows no, no longer like Rap City or Yo! MTV Rap. So nobody's really sitting down and doing these one-on-one interviews because everybody's their own publicist. You have social media where they can put out anything and everything they want you to know about them and give you the right information or dispel all the rumors or whatever, and they do that on their own time and their own dime. Sure, there's other shows and radio shows where, you know, people show up at or if you're lucky enough to get on Ellen or Jimmy Fallon, um, but in regard to what was just for the hip-hop culture, again, you know, MTV Raps, uh, uh, Russell, I mean, um, Uncle Ralph's um, uh, show in New York, sorry, this escapes me right now, Music Video Music Box and all that stuff, the box itself. And, you know, yo, those things are gone. And I, I hope to be able to bring something like that back. That's one of the things that I'm working on, where we can really see the gritty, grimy and what's going on and, and have a place <clears throat> where, you know, when Rap City was me and Joe Claire and Prince DeJour on the road going into people's homes, going down to... Houston to hang out with Lil J and the whole Rap-A-Lot crew or bouncing to Jamaica to hang out with Buju Bantan and Capleton as opposed to, I love Tigger, don't get me wrong, but it being in the basement and the only thing you see is a freestyle versus being in the hometown of these people and in there sitting on their couch, their mama's house, big difference in regard to what feels real and authentic um, for the people that you think are superhuman, you know, where, you know, mm-hmm. all they did was hold a mic. So I think, you know, my relevance mm. is there, but it's shifted in a way that um, the power has – is no longer lies in the journalist's hands. Everybody mm-hmm. has the power to control their own um, publicity, you know? Right. Right. So so what is your brand exactly? Um, what's the name of your brand? Or what is your brand? Like, what is your business right now? Well, <clears throat> my company has always been called Bodyography. Body being fitness, geography being choreography, and for those of you who don't know, my degree is in exercise physiology with a concentration in sports medicine. So I developed my company years ago um, when, I, when artist development was around, when I would be choreographing or training artists in, by day and then choreographing uh, projects for them by night. And so I'm still kind of doing the same thing, um, where I'm spending some time or even less time with some of the artists choreographing, um, I mean training, 
um, but still choreographing. But I've expanded my brand in regard to media on a journalistic front. Again, I'm working on documentaries. There's, you know, a dance documentary I'm going to be working on, um, a uh, radio documentary and a Rap City documentary. I am uh, over at Dash Radio, so I'm still doing radio in that sense, and I'm up for another syndicated national show. Um, and most of the things I talk about will be uh, going forward will also obviously be music-related or um entertainment related because again I'm somebody who has relationships with the NBA and the NFL and you know help propel those people who wanted to start showing their lifestyle. You remember all the NBA cats who wanted to start rapping, Allen Iversons and this person and, the, and that person mm-hmm. and the Shaq and this one putting out an album. And so we don't get to see much of that lifestyle much anymore either the way we used to. And so I want to be able to bring all of that back as well. So for me, I'm evolving my brand into what I've always been. Um, you know, it confuses people, but it, it, it shouldn't, because if Puffy can do 20 things, then I should be able to also. And where Leslie lies, it's always been fitness and health and wellness, has always been dance and choreography, and has always been radio um, and television and production. And some of the things that I want to bring to the forefront are going to encompass all of that. You know, if it's me showing you what, these new artists are doing. I'll take, for example, say DJ Envy is now into, he owns a juicer, or him or Jadakiss, they own their juice spot, they're turning vegan, they're doing all their lifestyle has changed, Dougie Fresh who's vegan, like all this stuff, and everybody's into working out, Little C's is working out now, or this one's training for competition, AJ Johnson. So I'm kind of merging the two worlds together, and this way you can still see it on a bigger platform media-wise, but I can speak to you from a technical side with health and fitness and wellness because that's where my specialty also lies. So that's kind of, if I'm not confusing you, my brand. I'm still going to be able to bring all three genres together. Yeah, that makes, it makes sense. And, and I think it is, it's great in, in terms of, like, being able to adjust with, you know, the shift in, in our era. And um, I think every brand has gone through that at some point because, like, the culture changes, but what do you do as a business? You know, it's like kind of like when I was an undergrad studying business marketing in school, you know, we studied one way of thinking, like philosophies of business and all of that. And then once right. I graduated, the next year YouTube came out. You know, right. so then you, so that so that stuff you can't learn in the classroom. You have to learn on your own. You have to figure out where your brand and or your skill set fits the shift. And so, I mean, I right. think that's an awesome thing that you're able to, I guess, discern that and and adjust. Well, it's it hasn't been easy, you know, because it's a whole new audience. And there's a lot of people whose parents did not teach them about how incredible the 90s were, right? They think that the best thing that ever happened was, you know, J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar without knowing what the history of any of it is or where they got their influences and stuff from. So I'm still Mm -hmm. part of pretty much restarting my whole shift again. There's only a handful of people who know that I've existed for so many years behind the scenes and doing what I do that now I have to make things translate. And for me, you know, I'm trying to, as much as I love and adore and never want to turn my back on my black audience, it's time for me to sit where Cheryl Underwood sits, Alani Love, or even Eve, which is daytime television from middle America, to see that I can 
I'm viable and that the culture that you love so much has a place on daytime and has a place in syndication and has a place on network and not just cable. So that's what I feel like my mission is too. So it's still, it's still a struggle, you know, and especially to do it at this age. I don't look, I mean, I may look 32, but I'm not 22 and hot and fresh and whatever and all that other stuff that people always say they want, you know, when they go into castings or the man that's hiring who wants some hot 22-year-old chick so he can, you know, get his rocks off or whatever when he's looking at it because that's what's real too, you know, and I've Mm -hmm. been told to my face even in my 20s or my 30s or because of my skin by another black man that, well, this is not, you're not what people want to see on TV. Why? Because I'm not light-skinned with long hair? Well, yeah, you don't look like, you know, this person or whoever. I've been told that Mm -hmm. to my face before, you know, but that's what makes it so hard for this business is that you, you can't sit back and cry about it. It's like God gave me a talent. So that just means I've got to work harder on it. And if you're the one who says no, then somebody else is going to say yes. And when you do come back yeah. around and you're going to need my service, we're going to add a zero. We're going to move the comma over, and it's going to be all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, and it's interesting because, like, it wasn't until 2017 that rap, hip-hop, R&B has become um, the dominant music genre. You know, it's for years, rap, R&B, hip-hop has always been a subculture. You know, a second, third, fifth place to, you know, like rock and roll or whatever. Rock and roll has always kind of ruled America. But now, it wasn't until last year. So I think also that's another part of your journey, too, because you, you still want to include the rap, hip-hop, R&B, 90s, pioneering dynamic with your brand when it's just starting to become mainstream, you know? Right, right. No, it's true. I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to evolve, you know. I don't want to be somebody who's stuck in the 90s or still talking about, well, Rap City and back in my day, like it's still very (laughs) important to the culture and part and, and who I am and made the translation or the recognition of me being, aren't you that girl who backflips? Aren't you that dancer who blah, 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 blah? Um, you know, that makes the great introduction for me, but I also have to be like, yeah, I fuck with this new generation. Yeah, the Migos this and, you know, Ray Shrimmer that and blah, 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 or, you know, their reference came from. So I want to bridge the gap, you know, and I want to be that person who bridges the gap without anger, without, you know, any animosity, because there's still a lot of artists who are pissed that they're not making the kind of money that these artists are, that don't have these deals, you know, that have big records back then or, like, you know, are labeled the godfather of rap or whoever, and they're angry, you know, and you can't just get angry. you just got to rebuild, remix, you know, reboot mm-hmm. yourself, and that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And hopefully in 2019 I can do all of it. That's awesome. That is awesome stuff. Um, any, I mean, that, that was a mouthful, all right, stuff. Rebuild, remix, reboot, you know, because I, I was going to ask you if there's any type of advice you want to give. I think you just gave it, you know. Rebuild, remix, reboot. All That's what that. you need to all do. <laughs> Remake, re everything, all of it, all of it. One thing I say, no matter how comfortable you get in your skill or how much, you know, uh, notoriety you have, is I always feel like there's somebody who wants to take your job, take your position, surpass what you've done. And as a dancer, I always said, make sure that you, no matter how much you love just hip-hop, that you are versed in all of it. 
ballet, jazz, African, tap, because you never know where the next job comes from, you know, for whether it's theatrical, whether, you know, it's commercial, whatever it is, um, that you are ready. Like, you don't get ready, you got to stay ready, which means you got to stay in class and, you know, be available to do everything and be versatile and stay hungry, you know, and to continue to push yourself because the minute you slack off, that person who stays up, that extra hour is, you know, the one who's going to get the lead on you. And you should be more in competition with yourself than somebody else because what's for you is for you. You know, your, your, your future is already ordained by whatever you believe in. You know, it's already laid out. But you gotta, God helps those who help themselves, and you've got to put the work in um, and just kind of stay on top of stuff, you know, and be open to change. You know, be open to change and be true to yourself. There's nothing worse than not being truthful to yourself because it shows up in the work. It shows up that when you take it for the check, it's not your best work. When it's something you're not passionate about or you're doing it just to get ahead, it shows up in the work versus something that you love and felt good while you were doing it and was authentic and created it. And, yeah, there's a big difference there, so... Awesome. Thank you for for those words of wisdom. I definitely appreciate that, uh, and I think um, that's just more proof of, you know, your stamp as an icon in our culture. Um, thank you. Thank you for being who you are and, and for continuing on, even at 51, still on your grind. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for, one, having me, and then, the words icon and legend are like, you know, you think you're not worthy because I feel like I still have so much left to do, you know, and, um, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so, so much. But I just want to create and I just want to perform and I just, if I can find a musical or create a musical where I can be a part of and dance still five nights a week, you know, with my Epsom salt bath at the end of the week, I would love that too, you know. So I miss it. I miss it all. I don't see myself, you know, lacing up my dancing shoes to dance behind Nicki Minaj, but there's still some in there, a little five, six, seven, eight to kick up. So, trying to do it. 